Hey everyone, welcome to MCU Fan Show episode 304. My name is Sean Gerber. In a moment, I'll be joined by Paul Herman for our breakdown of the Deadpool and Wolverine teaser, as well as our thoughts on the finally officially announced cast of Marvel's first family, Marvel Studios' Fantastic Four. Before all that fun begins, want to let you know about Fan Show Plus, where you can hear us talk about extra MCU topics, including more on Fantastic Four, as well as the X-Men 97 trailer for the animated series. That's coming up on Fan Show Plus, which is a podcast that is exclusive to premium subscribers at patreon.com slash Sean Gerber, or on Apple Podcasts via Apple Podcast subscriptions. If you're on Apple Podcasts, you find this episode of MCU Fan Show. You can find Fan Show Plus in the exact same feed if you subscribe. Through Apple Podcast subscriptions, you can hear those Fan Show Plus episodes, or as I also said, you can check them out over at patreon.com slash Sean Gerber. Also, be sure to follow us in those places you can. We are at MCU Fan Show on Instagram, Threads, and X, formerly Twitter. And if you're enjoying the show, we would greatly appreciate a rating and review from you over on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much to everyone who has already taken the time to share their review. Thanks in advance to anyone who is about to. And now, on with our show. How you doing, Paul Herman? Busy week. Uh Busy, busy week for us Marvel fans, man. And uh, wow, I there's a, I mean, we have so much to get into. Obviously, we've got the main show. We got a, a Marvel Plus show that we're gonna. They're be... all main shows. We've got MCU fan show and fan yeah. show plus. But yeah, we have we do have a lot of ground to cover. I, I do appreciate as a Marvel fan, I've got you know a couple major fandoms in my life. The NFL being one of them. Marvel obviously being the other massive one in my life. And I do like that Marvel kind of, you and I were just talking about this uh, off air, not that this is broadcast, but you and I were just talking before the show about just the uh, the sadness that sets in as the NFL season comes to an end. And congratulations to our listeners who are Kansas City Chiefs fans. But we talk about that sadness of the NFL offseason, but for Marvel, they were right there to pick us back up, Paul. They they knew the NFL season, not that that's why they did it, but the NFL season was coming to a close, and Marvel picked right back up with, of course, as they often do, with a teaser for their one of their upcoming films that aired during the big game. And then, of course, we had a lot of other official news this week, obviously with the Fantastic Four cast being announced as well as a trailer for X-Men 97 and the announcement that that series is going to be on Disney Plus beginning on March 20th. So we're not that far away from some brand new Marvel on Disney Plus. But um, so, Paul, I, I do wonder if has has Marvel helped you out at all? Has, has Marvel cured a, a little bit of oh, the sadness sure. there? Yeah, I mean, like, listen, I mean, you know, Marvel helps me out through all kinds of sadness. Let's be let's be real. Uh, True. Just you know, from the Same. comics to the movies. I mean, but but this <clears throat> excuse me for the specifically absolutely um from the deadpool trailer which i can't wait to talk about to the casting to x-97 which is i'll, I'll be honest just kind of throw it out here right now i wasn't as excited about it as other people which i'll, I'll get into but after watching that trailer it brought back all the member berries and i'll i just gotta say I, i'm all in now but we'll I'll, we'll I'll break all that down later but yeah this is 
this is you know all talk that everyone says about Marvel's doing this and doing that. I always say this because you know there's there I think there's some validity, something we all you know I don't want to say validity, but a little bit I'll, I'll just say it, a little bit to where it's it, they're they're not hitting the high marks as 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 flawlessly as they were previously. You could say the perception was anyway the the, the general perception. Yeah, they don't uh, have the overwhelming po- the overwhelmingly positive consensus that they used to have pretty much every time they did something. But now this time, but that it, always it, felt like an anomaly. Like we kept yeah, saying, exactly. like, I can't believe that they're on this kind of streak. And I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I think our audience the, the, uh, is probably knows by now. Two dolphins. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's what, yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, it's it's not even that. It's like the Joe DiMaggio 56 game hit, hit winning streak, or hitting streak. Like, that's what that is. Like, you know, it, it had never it really had never happened before and it'll never happen again. And I know I get 72 Dolphins only undefeated team Super Bowl. Era, I, I get that. But um, it was a much longer streak than uh, than 17 uh, games or whatever the, the Dolphins won that year, which I do think was 17. But, man, we got to get away from our sports analogies. I, I just think that. Obviously, the narrative around Marvel has you know, not it, it certainly has skewed negative uh Pretty often, a lot more often than, than we were accustomed to, and in, in the time of us being fans of the of the MCU iteration of Marvel, as well as, of course, our time doing this podcast. But I think, as we've noted during uh, during this time period, like I've just never felt like. And this, by the way, let me preface this: this is not like the Marvel is back podcast, because as far as I'm concerned, Marvel never left. Also, as far as I'm concerned. Even when there is a, a very exciting week like this one with a lot of positive vibes around Marvel, that just that doesn't mean that everything just goes back to the brand being just as strong and just as powerful as it's ever been or anything like that. I still think there and we'll get into it when we talk about Deadpool and Wolverine, but there's still a lot of work to be done. There's always going to be a lot of work to be done, but it is just step, nice though. when we have a week like this where we're just feeling good about these upcoming projects and there is a lot of excitement around these things that we should be excited about because these are the types of things that we have wanted for a long time. Whether it's Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman as Deadpool and Wolverine respectively in a movie together or a Marvel Studios iteration, a Marvel Studios version of Fantastic Four, and wanting to know, of course, about that cast. I mean, who would be Marvel's Fantastic Four is something we've been wondering or wondering about since b- when it was purely a hypothetical, since before Disney bought Fox. And it was even a, a thing that would happen is it was still just the what if Marvel Studios had the rights to Fantastic Four and who would be the cast of that movie. These are the types of things we've been wondering about, looking forward to. And for those of us who are big fans of X-Men, the animated series in the 90s, I don't know that I ever would have even thought that I could want or expect or hope for a a return to that series, a return to that timeline with Marvel animation. And yet here it is. And and of course, obviously, we've known that this was coming now for for some time. But since we knew that it could become an actual reality, this is something that we've been very excited about. And so we're finally seeing some of this momentum really get going with a, a week Keyword, with a week like yeah. this one, a week like this one. And speaking of getting going, how's about we get going with this show and actually talk about uh, our first subject, which is the 
Deadpool and Wolverine teaser. And that is, of course, already uh, a piece of news that came from it. It was unofficially just known as Deadpool 3 this whole time, but it is now officially Deadpool and Wolverine. And that makes a whole lot of sense to me. Deadpool and Wolverine should be sharing the marquee with these two actors as these two characters. So that makes perfect sense as far as I'm concerned. And as far as this teaser goes, I really, really liked it. What a shock. Again, spoiler alert, Sean enjoyed a Marvel trailer, but I thought this was really strong. And I didn't know how I was going to feel about it going into it. I knew that obviously there's a lot of things we have heard about the movie, and this is not going to be the time where we go through and break down the many, many, many rumors, the infinite number of rumors that are around this movie of who's going to be in it and what's going to happen. I'm going to try to keep at least keep my focus on what we actually see in this teaser as being visual confirmation of some of the types of things we're going to see in the movie. But obviously, the anticipation is really high for this film, as I noted, people waiting for this I know Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman have been on the screen before as Deadpool and Wolverine, but we don't really count it, do we? So we had to go in and erase it, as Deadpool does in in Deadpool 2, effectively. So there's a lot of anticipation around this project for so many reasons. And I also do think that there is a certain amount of pressure on this movie because people want to, people want it to succeed they want to have their expectations fulfilled which you know of course can be dangerous as fans if you're too specific with what your expectations are what the movie must do but people really just want to come out of this movie feeling great about a third Deadpool movie feeling great about the MCU at that particular moment feeling great about the near future of the MCU as it pertains to mutants and secret wars and Kang Dynasty or whatever else this gets to be a part of the MCU in the years to come, people really want to come out of this movie feeling good. And that starts with the marketing and it starts with a look at it like this. Now, we've already seen some positive responses, obviously, from the announcement video of Hugh Jackman being in this movie, the first image that we got of a proper Wolverine costume last year. So there have already been some positive steps. But Ultimately, it comes down to the moving image on the screen, and the first moving images we got from Deadpool and Wolverine, I thought were great. And the the two biggest victories, I think, Paul, for this teaser, number one, and this is, I don't know if it's the most important, but it's very important for me, and, and I think for you as well, as somebody who quite often skips trailers, restraint. Restraint, I think, is a is a key victory mm. in this teaser trailer. Because, yes, there are a lot of rumors. And even if 5% of the rumors around this movie are true, there's a whole lot of things happening and a whole lot of people showing up in this movie. So I like that for... I mean, and I really hope they stick with this as much as they can. But certainly for this teaser, this is what's in front of us, so this is what I will praise, is they really didn't give very much away. And what I also like, this leads me to the second key victory for this teaser trailer. I thought they did a great job of really marketing this as a Deadpool sequel or threequel. Yes, Wolverine is in the title. Yes, Wolverine is there. Yes, the TVA is also a part of this. But how does the trailer open? It's familiar faces. It's the characters we know. It's Wade Wilson and pals from the first two movies that's what we're seeing and that's what we're really relying on and then tonally 
it's very much Deadpool. It's very consistent with what we have come to expect from the the first two movies. And it really just felt like this is all, even though it's a step into a bigger universe and, and all of that, it really just made this movie feel like it's it's all a part of Deadpool's world still. It's Wade Wilson's perspective over anything else, even as the story expands. And I think that is key because people already love this franchise. People would have been excited about a third Deadpool movie, even if Disney had never bought Fox and Marvel Studios never got their hands on Deadpool. People would still be excited about this. But obviously, there's other elements, too, that can add additional excitement. And so I think this teaser did a good job of reminding everybody of what they've already been loving about this franchise while also marketing this next, potentially even much, much bigger chapter with the continuing journey of this character. So those are my two biggest takeaways. I mean, plenty of other smaller things here and there, but my two biggest things, Paul, for this trailer or teaser that I enjoyed about it, the restraint as well as just making sure that the message is clear that, yes, this is still Deadpool's world. Man, and we're just living in it, right? I mean, seriously. I Listen, if you go back to listen to the old um, reviews, I'm not the most overwhelmingly positive person on the Deadpool movies. I, I liked them. I don't love them as much as other people. At least I can remember. Maybe I... I, it's been a while. I had I have to go back and listen to those shows. But I know for myself, I really I, I loved the first Deadpool movie, but maybe not quite as much as everyone else did. And then yeah, I, yeah, I think I exactly. actually liked Deadpool 2 more than a lot of people did, which, you know, sometimes mm. happens. But yeah, Deadpool 2 was, a weird time. was very yeah. similar to me. At, well, I mean, Deadpool 2 was what, 2018. So you're like right in the height of Infinity War. And, and everything then solo else. right after that, it happened right after that. So it was a weird, it was a weird back to back, like yeah. it was a weird time. Cause even Deadpool kind of underperformed for it because it was on the heels of infinity war. Yeah. Deadpool two. Yeah. Not the first yeah, Deadpool. Deadpool it was, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't Deadpool even know the Deadpool two, two yeah. really underperformed. I think it still made a ton of money. It, it did, but it, I feel like it didn't do as well as, at least I, I maybe that's just for myself. I thought it maybe do better, but what, regardless of what, I, which I have not, I've only seen Deadpool two once. I mean, mm. my life has gotten crazier even since then. And that, then it, that's a whole different story. I wasn't infatuated with the movie and Deadpool character. I was kind of, to be quite honest, sick of the character. And, um, I wasn't really just, I, I don't, I wasn't feeling it. You know, I think Fox, the, the Fox deal was not even clear, not even close to being looked at, I think at this point. Um, and it just felt like, I just didn't really care. The X-Men franchises were just kind of dwindling. Um, you know, and Deadpool was, it was fun. I love Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Deadpool is amazing. I'm not, I'm not, well, I don't want to downgrade that by any means, but it just felt like it was just, they were kind of treading water. And when Deadpool, you know, three, when they bought, you know, the, the, the rights and they they Deadpool three was going to go through. And, and then, you know, I was like, okay, that's fun. You know, whatever. And then when they announced, you know, Wolverine happened and I started kind of seeing a little bit of the tea leaves of like, oh, OK, I think we know where this is, might be going now. It got me a little more excited, but it's still called Deadpool 3, like, as you pointed out. And then, you know, as I'm watching the Super Bowl and the trailer, you know, which, again, save money. But let's put a few seconds out there to say, hey, go watch the trailer online. OK, it's smart. I mean, it's, you know, got to save some cash. I get it. It was seven million dollars for 30 seconds. So, you know, multiply that by the length of this teaser. I, I get why they put yeah. it online. But 
course, halftime, pop that baby on. <laughs> and I got to tell you right now, as someone who, again, I, I need to rewatch those movies again. It's been a while. I enjoy them. I don't think they're bad. I just don't love them as much as other people. Yeah, we we may have to you know give them an Whoa. official Ooh. revisit. So. Ooh, I like I like where your head's at. Okay, okay, I like the homework. Um, I need because sometimes I need reasons to watch things. To be quite honest, because my life is so crazy. Um, that being said, I'm watching this trailer, Sean, and I was blown away how much I was giddy watching it, and. Because you're marrying the best parts of the Deadpool films from before and putting it right into that's a toy falls, uh, right <laughs> into MCU, you know, lore, which I love to death, despite flaws and all of recent flaws and all. And I sat there and I watched this and I thought to myself, they are putting peanut butter and chocolate together so well right now. And when Wolverine comes at the very end and they put the title up, you know, and I already knew that it was titled, you know, I, I, maybe I'd even look at the, but I don't know if they put the title in the, um, the Super Bowl trailer or not, uh, or little tease, whatever. I don't remember, but I didn't, it didn't hit me until I watched the trailer. I went, Oh, S H it's Deadpool and Wolverine. I was like, hell yeah. Like it, it kind of hit me. And I'm like, after watching the TVA show up and everything, I just thought to myself, oh man, this is, and, and, I, and the reason why I, I, I wanted to bring up like Marvel and I, and I think like they've had some recent wins, you know, I think, you know, whatever. And, and I don't think that's like, it's just like Marvel's back and it's flawless. I was, I just wanted to say that there was one keyword you used in there and I thought that was really important. And I hate to use, keep using sports analogies, but it, it really is when you're talking about fandom it kind of gets like this a little bit because everyone wants to talk about wins and losses. And I think that's why sports analogies come so well when we talk about this stuff, Sean, mm -hmm. because there's these people want to be like, Oh, Marvel lost because they lost this much money or they, they lost because this awful thing happened when, the, you know, they, this actor did an awful thing. We had to lose, you know, we lost him, you know, for, cause rightfully so whatever, you know, people want to put the losses in the wins or we had this much money or we, people are talking about this much online. Everyone wants yeah. to talk about well, that stuff. as human beings, we just kind of tend to, Sure. Boy, this is going to an entirely different podcast altogether, but we sure do slide in the direction of just binary outcomes. It's this or it's that. It's a win exactly. or it's a loss. And it or and if it's a win, it's it's a total and absolute win. If it's a loss, it's a total and absolute failure. Exactly. With not nothing in between, which it's really has an adverse impact on a lot the discourse of a number of subjects, but certainly but, movies and Marvel movies and shows. Yeah, and, yeah, and there, I say all that because you said a keyword in there that I think is really important for Marvel right now. And they've had a little bit of this, but when you said momentum, and we all know momentum's huge in a game like we love football, right? And I just want to say, like, momentum is so huge right now, and it started with it's it started with a massive, massive win on this trailer, and I really do think I really think this was a big time win because you know people I I again I I only saw the trailer a couple times because I I try to keep my 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 ideas. I, I try to avoid trailers as much as possible. You only saw it two out of the 365 million times it was watched exactly. in the first 24 hours. Exactly. But I want to say, didn't he, does he not say that he's going to be Marvel's savior? Uh, he calls himself Marvel Jesus. And, Marvel Jesus. And I think it's it's just funny. And Deadpool could say that at any point in anything, and it would be funny. But I think we know Deadpool's place 
in the grand scheme of things when it comes to Marvel. And uh, it de- it definitely feels like that is a, I think it represents multiple things, but exactly. one of the things yeah. I, I believe it represents is yes, a bit of an acknowledgement that not everything, you know, this is not the Lego movie where everything is awesome. Not everything has been awesome for Marvel and the MCU of late. Obviously, you, those of you listening, unless it's your your first show, in which case, welcome, happy you're here. But if it's not your first show, then <laughs> you're probably well aware of, of how we feel about this stuff and how I, I don't feel like it's been total loss after total loss after total loss for Marvel, but I also can't dispute how the narrative around Marvel Studios and the MCU has certainly shifted over the past couple of years. And so with that being said, I do think that Deadpool and Wolverine in this Marvel Jesus line is in some way a little bit of an acknowledgement by Marvel of there is at, at the very least there is a perception that is out there that Marvel needs saving. And there is certainly a lot riding on this movie. Because make no mistake, if Deadpool and Wolverine stinks and people don't like it, if Marvel takes a franchise that people, if Marvel Studios takes a franchise that people have already loved through two installments and they quote unquote ruin it when they touch it for the first time with Deadpool and Wolverine, Marvel's going to be the one Marvel's going to be the new kid here that gets the blame like what changed after the first two movies well Marvel Studios got involved okay so if Deadpool and Wolverine is a disappointment then it must be Marvel Studios fault so make no mistake there's a lot riding on this for Marvel Studios and yes there is this perception of how do you get the momentum back because do you have this overwhelmingly positive consensus and excitement around the multiverse saga right now, even as somebody who tends to like this stuff more than most, and even as somebody who has liked a lot of stuff that's happened in the multiverse saga, even I would have to say, acknowledge that, yes, it is true that the level of excitement for the multiverse saga is not where it needs to be. And so if Marvel wants to course correct and start getting people excited about that, it starts with Deadpool and Wolverine. Now, I will also say, and I will also caution, Deadpool and Wolverine can't do all the job by itself. It can, like, it cannot, it is not allowed to fail. It cannot fail. That would be horrible for Marvel. At the same time, even if it's a win, again, this is a franchise people already like. It's like, okay, thank you, Marvel Studios, for taking a great thing and keeping it great. Fantastic. And maybe there will be some other things they can add on to it that will get people excited. But the only way to really turn Deadpool and Wolverine into the into the win that Marvel needs is to not only have Deadpool and Wolverine be a win by itself, but then they have to be able to follow that up. The movies that follow in 2025, including Fantastic Four, which we'll talk about in a little bit, those also have to be great. Marvel has to not only have Deadpool and Wolverine kind of restart the momentum, but then everything else has to keep it going. But the hardest part, though, is starting it, is getting it going. Just again, with sports analogies, like when everything's been going so bad, you just need that one play to at least start getting things going and start getting people believing and excited again, get the crowd back into the game, so to speak. Oh, man, sports analogies just dying over here. But anyway, but but they they work, though, because they're accurate. Yeah, but clearly we're having trouble reconciling our feelings of football season being over. But I would also just say that, I think that it is 
it is critical for Deadpool and Wolverine to be a good movie. But again, it's it starts with that. It, it doesn't it doesn't matter how many cool things they introduce. It doesn't matter how many Easter eggs they put into it. Secret Wars covers and stuff that we'll talk about. All that stuff is great, and all that stuff is the extra excitement. But what's extra doesn't matter. Like the best icing on the cake doesn't matter if the cake sucks. Like the the main movie, the main story of Deadpool and Wolverine has to be awesome. Yeah. And and look, this teaser isn't going to tell us that of whether no. or not what the final movie is going to look like or how we're going to feel about it when we actually seeing it. When we actually see it, all you can have right now is a good start or even a great start, and they definitely have that coming out of this teaser. Yeah, and I think watching this teaser, marrying, you know, the Loki TVA stuff um, immediately is like, it. it I, I was like, okay, we are getting some great, great material here. And it really does feel right now, Sean, that this, this movie is going to be a, I mean, you're right. It can do all its heavy lifting for Marvel and then multiverse saga at this point. Like I am not trying to say that I will say though, that if you're looking for, you know, and I don't want to take credit for what this, when someone said this on online, it's not even a big deal what I'm going to say here, but I think I, I totally buy into it. I think someone said, you're starting to see where Marvel's going with this, with mm. the multiverse saga with this, with this movie. By like w really, and in the Fantastic Four, which we'll get into the fam so plush uh, episode more. But for Deadpool, it feels I'm gonna I'm just gonna throw a receipt out here. Prediction, keep the receipt. I think this will be the the first major massive pillar we're gonna get at this movie of where the multiverse saga is going to be going at. Like I think it feels like I this... cannot issue you that receipt because that's been said by a bunch of people. So all right, <laughs> like, all right. that's fair. That's, that's fair. what a lot of people are I, looking to this movie for at this point. But I feel that it's accurate because it feels like with Secret Wars, we I mean we 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 said this before when they announced you know, Hugh Jackman coming in for Deadpool. I knew like they're gonna be in Secret Wars. It, it's like it's. It's a done yeah. deal, but it feels, it felt like I didn't know where this movie would land on that. Like if it was going to be a bridge, it, it's more than a bridge. It's like almost like it's the complete like lead up bridge slash, you know, gateway to what we're going to be doing. And it, I, cause that's where I kind of was looking at it more. Maybe that's why I'm saying I keep this receipt now for me because I was not completely there, but now I'm like, Oh SH like, no, this is actually, I think this is going to be like the true gateway to secret wars because, you know, I'm going to say this right now. We've talked, we talked about it a little bit before and in secret wars on the Hickman secret Wars series, Sean is probably proving to be way bigger of an influence. I would say not the doom stuff, but the, tr but as well, maybe we'll get into that later too. But um, yeah, I would we, say we will talk about Dr. Doom before we finish on the uh, yeah. Deadpool and Wolverine teaser. There's but yeah, but I will say the incursions and what that what all that entails when we saw first introduced in, in Multiverse of Madness, mm -hmm. that is all going to be paid off. So so this is where I'm going to say this is why I think Deadpool uh, and Wolverine is going to be huge. You're going to see payoffs for Loki seasons one and two. And I think also Multiverse of Madness and maybe possibly Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, maybe not, we'll, we'll, maybe, but I'd say more so those three things or the Loki season one and two and um, Multiverse of Madness are really going to be reinforced. And I think will be, we talked about before, you know, 
when you when you retroactively make some those movies better. You may hate Multiverse of Madness for multiple reasons, whatever, but I think it'll make Multiverse of Madness a more important movie and Loki seasons one and two even more important after watching Deadpool and Wolverine. I agree, but only to a point because I think that what seems to be happening to me in this movie, especially when it comes to like the Loki and the TVA stuff, I feel like a lot of these things are working more side by side. It's not even really disagreeing with you. It's just I'm seeing it from a little bit of a slightly di- seeing similar thing from sure. a slightly different perspective. So like because yeah. I actually think it's a strength of this movie in in how they're approaching this, because I do think that, yes, Deadpool and Wolverine is going to be, I think, by the time we would get back, get to the end of the multiverse saga, we would certainly look back. I mean, we'll see it. We're going to see it now and we're going to see it in 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 the very near future when this movie comes out. But then also, I think when we look back on the multiverse saga, we would still be looking at Deadpool and Wolverine as a pivotal step, as a huge you know milestone moment in this saga of the MCU. I do think that that's totally true. And and that is necessary to a point because you need something right. Like one thing that the multiverse saga does not have that the infinity i mean there are many things that the multiverse saga doesn't have that the infinity saga had but one of the key things is the infinity saga had avengers movies before the culmination right they had avengers they had avengers age of ultron and even though i would still say it's a captain america movie but it's also still avengers 2.5 or whatever with captain america civil war they had all those big steps for these characters to intersect and interact with one another to build on to build some of that story up and those relationship dynamics, team dynamics, and all of those things, they were able to do a lot of that to really set those things to be paid off in Infinity War and uh, in Endgame. They don't really have those types of steps right now in the multiverse saga, and we don't have Avengers movies announced until you get to Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars, which as far as we know are still supposed to be the culmination events of this current saga. So... Deadpool and Wolverine is kind of that step. It is kind of taking the place of an Avengers movie in a lot of ways. And so that is where it could certainly be significant. But I don't want to lose sight of the point that this movie still has to work by itself. And it still has to be completely satisfying on its own terms with its own story told from start to finish. From the start of the movie to the credits or whatever scene we get after the credits. Deadpool and Wolverine has to work extraordinarily well on that level and on that level alone. And then, of course, add in the other stuff because it can't just be about, and we've seen this with Marvel, and that's why I actually do appreciate about this movie is, yes, it has the backdrop of some larger things going on in the MCU, but the focus here really is Deadpool. Whereas I think if we look at the marketing for Quantumania and the Marvels last year, so much of that marketing was... This is this thing's place in the MCU. The first chapter of, they were calling it a saga, even though it was a brand new phase with phase five with Quantumania. Meet the new villain, uh, the new arch villain of the MCU. Even the Marvels, like you won't believe what comes next. Be there for the moment and da 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 da. That's not what we're seeing for, I mean, I'm, I know there's certain teases of that and whatever, but it's not the same thing. Like, that's not what they're relying on. That's not what they're banking on. That's no. not the theme they're relying of, on Deadpool of the himself. Deadpool. Yeah, exactly, which is exactly what they need to do. And exactly, along those yeah. lines, when you talk about Loki and Multiverse of Madness, like I think if you are somebody who is who has watched and loved Loki, as, as we have, as many of you listening have, 
yeah, you're going to get a kick out of seeing the TVA. You're going to get a kick out of knowing that a lot of what's happening right now is possible because of Loki and his Yggdrasil, his world tree, his timeline tree, whatever they want to call it. Like, that's what is making a lot of this possible. But also, they're doing a really great job in this trailer, or teaser, excuse me, of introducing the TVA as its own thing within this teaser trailer. Like, the the hunters, they look a little bit different, don't they? And it's not Owen Wilson as Mobius. It's Matthew McFadden as Paradox. It's, you know, good old Tom Wamsgan. Tom Wamsgan's from Succession as Paradox. Watch Succession. It's amazing. I think most of you probably already have. But in any event, like, they are... They're, even those of us who know the TVA on the MCU's terms via Loki, we're not getting exactly what we're used to seeing. And some of that is just basic practicalities of filmmaking, right? This is not the Loki creative team. This is Sean Levy as the director of this film. Obviously, Ryan Reynolds. You have the writers for this movie. This is everybody who's involved in the making of this movie. They're not necessarily going to want the TVA to look exactly like the product, the writers, creators, directors, production designers, and everybody from the Loki series. So there's always going to be differences just based on the, you know, the, just based on the style of the, you know, the visual stylings, the preferred aesthetic of the filmmakers. That's always going to account for uh, a significant amount of the of the differences there. But also maybe there's, you know, there might actually be some built-in story reasons that are part of this. It, it might even be now that. Loki is doing what he's doing as the god of stories and everything. Maybe now it's allowing for even more variation than the TVA. Or maybe all this variation within the TVA has already existed Ooh, and we just didn't see it I yet. Because we only I we love all, that. Yeah, I like yeah. the other one better, but <laughs> maybe it's also well, we just one, haven't seen yeah. everything. And other things look different, right? I mean, there's a moment here where it kind of looks like Eliath is maybe snatching something up or definitely there's some of this that looks like it's the void with different different things like just cast off you know from little other relics of the mcu uh being a part of this so like there's there are things about this that are different and, and that are part of deadpool 3's or deadpool and wolverine excuse me the part of its own terms and i think that's great because if you have seen loki cool here's now we get to expand your perspective on what the TVA is, who they are, what they can look like, what they can do. We will expand that for you. If you have not seen Loki, that is fine. We are introducing this subsection of the TVA, and we are going to get, everybody's going to get the same information that they need to have to understand the plot, the stakes, and everything of this story. I think that is the, the absolute right way to do it. And or among the right ways to do it. Like we talked about this when we praised the first episode of Echo in our spoiler review, how they did a great job with uh, with Maya Lopez and her story and how they just they really just cut scenes from Hawkeye like right into the the edit for that first episode of Echo. And it worked beautifully. And it was just a, a great way of not just having a quick recap. No, let's treat this as part of this story for this character because it is. And here's another way of doing that with how they're how they seem to be handling the TVA. So I, I do think that these are both of these are examples and the final movie will will determine whether or not this is ultimately true, but it seems like based on what we're seeing here that with how they're approaching the TVA in Deadpool and Wolverine, how they approached Maya's story in her first episode, I think this really is Marvel 
learning some lessons in and applying mm-hmm. them and how they want to balance the past of the MCU and building on what's there for those of us who've been along the ride for every single stop in the journey. And then also making sure that everybody else really gets what they need. And and look at the way the TVA is treated here. It's not like it's not like uh, Wade is winking at the camera being like, oh, you've seen these guys before, haven't you? No, everything is kind of treated as this is brand new information to everyone, even though it may not necessarily be for us. But there's still going to be a lot of new stuff because, again, this is not Mobius. This is not the other Hunters and Minutemen and everything else that we have seen in the TVA. So I totally think that Marvel is is finding ways to balance these things. And that is critical because you, def- you definitely don't want people feeling like they can't go watch the new Deadpool movie because they haven't been watching the last three years' worth of Disney Plus series in the MCU. I've always felt like the homework problem was largely overstated. At the Mm -hmm. same time, though, I realize it is a huge part of the narrative that usually works against the MCU. So it is something that Marvel has to address in how they make and market their movies and shows. I like the way they addressed it with Echo. I, I like it just as much, if not more, with how they seem to be addressing it with this Deadpool and Wolverine teaser. Yeah, and I think that, you know, with everything they're doing, it was so much fun. It gave you everything you want out of Deadpool. It tied into the other MCU stuff, like you said, perfectly, Sean, that it really, I mean, to be honest, there's a lot of this great stuff that, like, makes you makes you watch and go, oh, yeah, like, what is that? Like, and, and people online will go, oh, it's from Loki. And, oh, I didn't watch Loki. Or I'm like, oh, I, I skipped it because of blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, oh, I may have to watch it now. You know, there's going to be that. And I think it's great. Embrace it. And I think yeah. that and it's one thing if you don't recognize a prop or a vehicle or a certain set, but like, yeah, but that's fine. Right. If you want to know exactly. what that is, you, here's where you can learn more about it. But, you know, it just it can never be. I don't understand the story because it's pulling from something that I didn't exactly. see. Exactly. And I think the teaser already has shown you that the, the writers and the director and Ryan Reynolds really understand what they're doing and have really embraced the the fourth ball breaking with what's the what's going on and that's where i think that i brought the whole marvel jesus thing is is important because i think it's acknowledging that there is some mishaps also like what this the core of that story is right there but it's just it's just acknowledge that's where i think it's it's huge because we're going to be taking that whole idea using Deadpool to springboard into this greater, you know, push everything forward in the MCU. I, I mean, it's, it's all there and using him as someone who's acknowledging the ridiculous, the ridiculousness of what's happening is going to help the general audience accept the multiverse saga overall. I really do think so, because I think when you would kind of, when I look back at like the superhero genre as, as a, as a film uh, thing, Sean, I always look back at like, when they were scared to acknowledge like what, what it was, you know what I mean? Like a little ridiculousness of it. Mm-hmm. Like when, but when, when you, and so when you had these early, before X-Men, people were like, well, yeah, tiptoe around this X-Men kind of embraced it. Even though they had black costumes on, they kind of acknowledged like, you know, yeah, yellow, you know, yellow spandex is a little ridiculous when Wolverine makes that comment. Right. Like it's like, yeah, you're right. It is, you know, whatever, right? I mean, it, it's just, when you acknowledge that to the general audience that we are like, what the hell, put them in yellow spandex like we're, we're getting in Deadpool. But you see what I'm saying? Like, it kind of, you're telling the audience a little bit, we're acknowledging it's not like, it's a little odd to have yellow outfits, right? Like, 
there's something to that, I think, and there's different things throughout that movie and other movies that have kind of embraced, you know, these kind of a nod to the audience that this is a little ridiculous. Like we get it, like, but just roll with it. And I think that when you kind of wink at the audience and you kind of let them know, like, oh yeah, like this is, I, I need to come and save Marvel because it's obviously been struggling. And so there's a little bit of like acceptance to that. And I think that kind of eases the audience's, um, I don't want to say uh, expectations. That's not, that's well, not even the right word. Most of the people who sit down and watch this movie are people who, at least in theaters, who knows what they caught up to on Disney Plus, but at least in theaters, sure. they've skipped the last few Marvel movies. Like the box office shows that, right? So sure. right. it's kind of like, hey, yeah, you know, you kind of checked out, didn't you? And and if you, or if you didn't check out, maybe you were, you were here the whole time, but maybe you weren't having all the same fun that you used to have. And like I said, they can do that as you said, with a wink, they can do that with having a, a little bit of a, a sense of humor about it. And I don't think that's, by the way, just slamming everything that's come before, just acknowledging a, a general thing that's kind of out there, amongst other things, right? Deadpool seeing himself as a Marvel Jesus also makes sense, even if the MCU hasn't had had, had no exactly. issues whatsoever over the past couple mm -hmm. of years. So I think, it, like as I was saying before, I think it works on multiple levels. And I like that line. There's Definitely a few things that I want to make sure we touch on before we move on to the Fantastic Forecast. Obviously, uh, love the, the look at the white coat for Wolverine. Of course, Patch for uh, for Wolverine, which was, when was Patch? Like the 80s? Was, 80s, yeah, late okay. 80s. And I know they did, a, they did a recent one, didn't they? I, I didn't read the newer one, but that, uh, but that was a thing in knows. the 80s. Is like Wolverine got to go off to Madripoor, rock the white coat and an eye patch and be called Patch. Uh, Gray Hulk went to Vegas to become Joe Fixit. Um, it was that was just a thing in the '80s. I don't know <laughs> for what Logan and uh, and it was beautiful. It, we oh loved yeah, it. I I love him. I'm a much more a big much bigger fan of Joe Fixit than I am Patch. Same, but either way, same, same. man. Ah oh, man, I will lose it if Joe Fixit ever shows up in anything. Woo! But uh, that's Gray Hulk, everybody. Um, but I just uh, I, I loved that visual. And yeah, it'd be really cool if that actually is you know whatever little casino they're in. If that is Madripoor which was, of course, introduced in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, at least as far as actually going there. And then, of course, mentioned again very recently in uh, in Echo. So Madripoor is there, kind of uh, close to top of mind for the MCU. So that'll be fun. I mean, seeing Aaron Stanford. Uh, so that's our acknowledgement of, okay, there's going to be some some Fox players who are showing up. Um, you know, you get, uh, yeah, Aaron Stanford, who played Pyro in X2, is back in this teaser that was awesome. It that was, was not my bingo card, by the way. No, no, no. That was not again, my bingo card. I've tried to, and and maybe people already saw this. Maybe there are already set photos. I don't know. I have done my best to tune out as much of the spoilers and rumors around this movie as I possibly can because I, I just want to get a kick out of uh, surprises uh, of people showing up throughout this movie and however it all goes down. But still loved seeing Aaron Stanford as Pyro being back in that uh, back in that teaser trailer. And there was also a shot of, you know, we see a shot from behind of a, of a bald head that is probably Cassandra Nova. That's, and we know Emma Corrin is playing an antagonist in this movie, appears to be Cassandra Nova, uh, a Grant Morrison-created twin of Charles Xavier, effectively, in the comic book. So basically, just think evil Charles Xavier in terms of power levels and abilities and everything like that. Um, so that could be a really cool, interesting part. And I, and I love how... Literally, it's just the shot of the back of Cassandra Nova's head. Like, we don't even really see how that character factors into the story 
whatsoever. Like it's really more about Deadpool in the TVA. But as I said, restraint being a key word and key victory, I think, in this teaser trailer. The only criticism that I have of this teaser, Paul, and I know this contradicts uh, a bit of, or maybe more than a bit, contradicts my praise of restraint. I wish they had actually shown Wolverine in the suit in this teaser trailer. I I really wish they had. And the reason why I I actually don't think, um, you know, if if somebody wants to call it a contradiction, I won't argue too hard about it because I don't really care enough. But at the same time, (laughs) at the same time, uh, you know, you know me, I don't have fights on, on social media anymore, but good. For, that's good. Yeah, that's good. No, I, I gave it up a long time ago, but I, I as, as much as I want to praise it for restraint, I don't really consider it giving anything away to show Wolverine in the yellow suit in this teaser. It was already part of the announcement of the existence of this movie that Hugh Jackman was going to be a part of it. They've already released an official still of Wolverine in the suit. So that's not really something that they are holding back. They already haven't held it back. They've already put it out there. They just, for whatever reason, you know, didn't include it in this teaser trailer. So I would have loved a, a better look, not just uh, not just the silhouette and everything like that. And I know there's like the international one where you see, I think like the back of him a, a little bit. I would have just liked a, a better glimpse at the costume in motion in this teaser trailer. It's not like this thing of like, oh, it ruined the teaser trailer for me. It didn't. Obviously, there's a lot here that I still really liked and still really enjoyed. But um, I, I would have appreciated a, a quick look at Wolverine. Yeah, I there's a couple things. Here's a couple theories I have with that. I think the still, because they're going to shoot outside and they knew people were going to be taking, oh, yeah, no, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you're, but, you're so totally I, right on why they did that when they did that. Now, what, I, and this, my, you know, when, it, when this came out, we talked about it, Sean. What my fear was, or was a goddamn mask. And, you know, well, I that I, they don't need to show me in the teaser trailer. Exactly. I'm, because that is not that has not actually been promised to us yet. Uh, well, see, I've heard the opposite. I've heard there's been I think there was a shot. I think I might even saw it, but I thought there was it, something leaked. His mask got leaked. I, I want to say I don't I know. Could if be wrong. It, but, I could be wrong. But also, a leak is not a promise. A leak is not an official That's announcement. Fair. All I'm saying is, I think. I mean, I think. I think if you look at it, if you look at the costume itself, I would is, not I think, put it past Ryan Reynolds to be leaking a bunch of fake stuff about this movie. That's fair too, because he has done that already, right? So I mean, uh, well, that's how that's how Deadpool got out. Not just in place. the ways where he was obviously joking. I think in right, the other ways right. too. I would not put it past him to do that. Well, either way, I would say I I would and, and this is maybe being hopeful and and I, I and I, I can understand I understand the restraint if they're going to show more Wolverine in the next tra- like official trailer to really get people's juices flowing and you and we might get a hint of the mask and where it, that where it comes into play and you really live up to like hey we're, we're he's not only yeah. in a yellow suit we're going I'm, we're getting I'm fine with not Wolverine. seeing the mask until it's on a gigantic screen I, like I'm, I would be too I'm fine with that I would that. be too. But I, no, no, I'm not saying we're not going. I'm not saying yeah. we're going to get it. I just want to look at the uh, at the suit at we've already. Yeah, no, that's fine too. But I'm, I, I also don't even mind not getting a hint because I, I don't mind just not even having it really truly confirmed that we're seeing the mask like until I'm actually right. seeing it in the theater. But well, I'm, I'm right, not gonna, uh, I'm, I'm not gonna go too crazy on that one. Be too intense about it one way or another. But mm-hmm. in any event, um, it's not a big deal. Just would have been cool to see Wolverine in that suit in motion. Just a little bit. 
uh, in this teaser, but it's fine that it wasn't there. I still enjoyed it, and it still has done its job in generating a lot of excitement uh, around this movie. And then, you know, before we move on to Fantastic Four, although this kind of helps with a, a segue a little bit, Ooh. yes, there is that cover of Secret Wars number five from Jonathan Hickman's Secret Wars, which, I mean, it's kind of torn up there when Deadpool is laying on the ground as Wolverine is approaching at the end of the trailer. Yes, that is a, a Doctor Doom cover in the comic books. Yes, that is a, a story that obviously prominently features Doctor Doom. I think the Beyonder as well in that issue. So yes, that points in a Secret Wars direction that goes, I don't want to say like away from Kang, just beyond, no pun intended with Beyonder, beyond Kang. Like, And we've never known for sure that Kang was going to be the villain in both movies. We obviously know that Jonathan Majors is out. There have been a number of rumors about recasting that role. I don't know what Marvel is going to do at this point, but even if they recast Kang for the Kang Dynasty, doesn't mean that Doom isn't also on his way for Secret Wars or maybe the Beyonder and or the Beyonder or whoever, whatever it is. But I don't think that cover is there for no reason. You know, they could have chosen any comic book cover, and they chose that one. So I, I do think they are trying to provide me. Uh, what a little it? bit of a I, hint. I, I think I missed this. What what cover? What I I totally yeah. What cover are you referencing? So they when, have... De when Deadpool is laying on the ground at the end of the trailer, when right. he is being approached by Wolverine, there is an issue right. to, uh, off to his right, our left, looking at him from the camera. Like he's there's a comic book cover next to him and it is a cover oh. of and it appears to be secret wars number five uh from jonathan hickman's secret wars gosh now like almost 10 years ago however long that was um and it is a a dr doom cover so that's where you know that oh. among some other things what people are looking at of, of marvel maybe pointing us in the direction that dr doom is on the way somewhere at some point in the in the near future in the mcu but I, I'm gonna take a I, I'm gonna take a wait and see approach to that. You know, it, it may just because I do think it has some meaning doesn't mean that they're hinting at a specific story note or anything like that from that issue. Obviously, the the cover though is just it's flat out Doctor Doom's face, so it, it does seem like it's certainly pointing us in the direction of Doom. But I, I won't take it as a promise just yet. It is, of course, interesting and, and worth noting. And now. I've declared my interest in it and I've noted it. So I, I am excited to see where that might go, but I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. Let's see what other hints we get in the next trailer or, hey, in the uh, in the actual movie. But overall, I, I really love this teaser. And speaking of Dr. Doom, a character that um, may or may not appear in Marvel Studios' yeah. Fantastic Four film. We do not have uh, casting for that role yet. I don't expect, as many don't, Dr. Doom to be the main antagonist, even if Dr. Doom does appear in Fantastic Four. Uh, I don't expect Doom to be the main antagonist, so which would maybe explain why they don't have to have the casting just yet, or maybe they have it and they just haven't announced it. But they have finally, Paul, at long last, introduced us to Marvel's first family. And these are names, these are actors that have been at the top of the rumor mill uh, for the past several months. Uh, one of them, uh, Sue Storm in particular, been around for, I mean, seemingly forever. But here is our cast for Marvel Studios' Fantastic Four, as announced on Valentine's Day 2024. 
Uh, Pedro Pascal as Reed Richards slash Mr. Fantastic, which was, of course, reported in the trades several weeks ago. That is now a done deal. Pedro Pascal as Reed Richards in the MCU. Vanessa Kirby will play Sue Storm, a.k.a. The Invisible Woman. Evan Moss Backrack will play Ben Grimm, a.k.a. The Thing. And Joseph Quinn will play Johnny Storm, a.k.a. The Human Torch. I absolutely love this cast. It is a fantastic cast. It is perfect casting. And yes, these names were long rumored, but when I started seeing these names attached to these roles, I mean, Vanessa Kirby is one that I think has kind of been on fan wish list for a while and then has been rumored for, I don't even remember when it started, um, but it's been a long time for Vanessa Kirby as somebody to be involved with, of course, has been the Mission Impossible series, but it's been a long time for uh, of her being associated with potentially ending up in the MCU and then even more specifically for the role of Sue Storm. Now it's finally happening. Um, I love, as I said, when we talked about uh, Pedro, uh, Pedro Pascal the first time around, the only thing that was uh, that upset me about this is why I didn't have him on my wish list. I do think he is absolutely ideal for the, the uh, casting of Reed Richards. I think his ability to combine his charisma, his humor, but also being able to play very cold, very stoic, very withdrawn, like he has and be just strictly in this analytical space uh, as somebody who wants to emotionally kind of distant, emotionally distant and, and be that way to maybe prevent things from getting to his heart because he feels them so much when they do get in. And that knowing that that's there is where the inherent warmth of the character comes from. I have been saying for pretty much as long as we've been doing this podcast and as long as I've been podcasting in general, I think Reed Richards is one of the trickiest, most difficult roles to cast in in anything in superhero-based cinema. And Pedro Pascal is just a perfect choice for that. He is the ideal answer to that riddle of casting Reed Richards for the MCU. And then as soon as I heard the rumors of Evan Moss Backrack or Cousin Richie from FX's The Bear, he just won an Emmy for that role, as Ben Grimm slash The Thing, another one where... I should have thought of this sooner because, holy crap, that is so spot on. His voice, I mean, go watch The Bear. I mean, The Bear is an amazing show if you haven't watched it. He also briefly appeared in uh, Andor. Uh, so there's another place you can see him. Although, really, if you want to feel for what Evan Moss Backrack can bring to Ben Grimm, the thing in FF, go watch The Bear. And to picture, or I can already hear that voice coming out of the ever-loving blue-eyed thing, and it is so spot on. And it's not just the sound of the voice, it's the attitude, it's the energy, everything about it is is right on, is just so on the money. And then Eddie Munson forever, Joseph Quinn from the most recent se season of Stranger Things, not just because he played, you know, Master of Puppets, although that was awesome. But him as Johnny Storm, the Human Torch, like this is such a quality cast of really great actors who just seem so well suited, such ideal matches for the roles that they are being asked to play, Paul. I really could not be happier with this cast. There was a lot of pressure on all four of these decisions because the cast is going to as is so often the case, I mean, there's a lot of other things that have to go right for Fantastic Four, but it starts with that cast of, of making or breaking at least the the foundation of this for the uh, for the MCU. 
And they've started off as strongly as they can to have this quartet ready to go be directed by Matt Shackman. Yeah, this was a massive win. Um, I've seen a little bit of pushback for for Pedro Pascal, which I, my own brother, uh, is just like I'm. I can't believe they cast him out of. I was like, I can't believe you're insane, bro. Like, <laughs> like, cause listen, like, I think there. I I don't understand where some of these people are, are freaking out about it. Uh, the one thing I'll I'll not give and concede. But I'll understand that I understand a little bit of where they're coming from is the oversaturation um, a little bit with the Mandalorian and Last of Us to this, whatever. Now, here's the thing that you brought up to you said just now. And I think this is what's important. He is so easy for people to enjoy and like that you need someone. And we talked about this before off air, whatever you need. Reed Richards has to be someone that you can there's a warmness to him despite the coldness that he right. has as being the brilliant science, you know, the most brilliant person in the world, essentially, and still maintain a family and be a heartwarming person. Mm-hmm. You have to have someone with real acting chops and a charisma that is off the charts that you can't teach. You can't. No, you just you have to you have, just ha- you yeah. have to have it or, have or you it. don't. And let's be real. Pedro Pascal makes a lot of people swoon. They love to call him daddy. And <laughs> uh, and, and, and this, I'm just saying. I, no, it's a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. But but no, I, I mean this because you need to have that for Reed Richards. And, it, and, it, and there has to be an appeal there to make you go, okay, I can see where, you know, Sue sees and Reed. You know, you know, you know. There has to be a warmness. There has to be an attractiveness. I mean, and odds are all- good that they would have found somebody who was handsome to, to play a role. I mean, sure. this is a yes. This is a, a pretty good-looking cast, as, as so many generally are. But I think yes. that where I see it with Pedro Pascal, and the whole reason why I was, like, kicking myself for not thinking of this sooner was I really do go to, I mean, there's, he's had so many great performances over the years, yeah, but you know, the, the last of us was, it's very, it's not, it's not one-to-one in terms of Joel in the last of us versus Reed in fantastic four, but I wouldn't want it to be one-to-one. I, I wouldn't want to watch. Um, I wouldn't want to watch the last of us and then hear that Pedro Pascal is, is in the fan is in Fantastic Four and then saying, OK, I know exactly what he's going to do with Reed Richards. And I, I should say, because some of you might be screaming, well, wait, didn't you just say that Evan Moss Backrack is cousin Richie and the bear is basically Ben Grimm? No, he's not. There are differences. It's just really more the voice of what I'm looking at. And then some, as I said, the attitude. But I also know that Evan Moss Backrack is going to bring even more to it with that character than what he's already brought in his extraordinary performance. I mean, if you just watch Real quick, if you watch one episode of The Bear, if you haven't seen the show, season two, episode seven, Forks. I mean, it would help if you've seen the show up until that point, but it also has, there's a lot, also a lot of standalone storytelling in that episode. You won't get as much Ben Grimm energy from Eben Moss Backrack in that, uh, in that episode, but it does also show you his range. If you thought he was just doing this one thing for all these episodes in The Bear up until that point, you see something very different. And it just shows how Eben Moss Backer can do so many things um, yeah. as an actor, and he's just so extraordinary. But getting back to Pedro Pascal, I like that it's not one-to-one with Joel and with Reed, but what you see or what I saw in his performance as Joel in The Last of Us is I saw a guy 
who was cold, who was with who was withholding, who was emotionally distant, but it was because he felt like he had to be for circumstances that I think are pretty clear if you if you watch the show. And yet he just can't help but be a dad. He just can't help himself with it. And that energy is still there. You know that's there. You even when it's not immediately apparent, you still feel it the entire time. And so what you don't have with Joel is you, is you certainly don't have like the nerd multiversal scientist guy. So Joel is more of an everyman, emotionally distant, withholding, but still very loving and caring dad. So it's a little bit, it is different from Reed, but I think the scientific part of it, I think multiversal pseudoscience part of it, I think uh, Pedro will, Pedro Pascal would do just fine with all of those elements. Yeah. It's really more about the heart of Reed Richards, the complicated yes. mind and heart of Reed Richards, exactly. that is the thing that I think is the hardest to pull off because you're at, you have to be able to make the audience feel contradictory things all at once without feeling like it's a contradiction, without feeling like, oh, this character sucks because I don't even know how to feel about him. You know how to feel about him because you feel all these different things all at once. That's what makes Reed such a rich and complex character. And I know there were other choices that were out there. Trust me, I have been on a journey for as long as, like I said earlier in the show, it was a hypothetical thing of how can you have someone or who would play Reed Richards if Marvel Studios only had the rights to Fantastic Four. And I have been through all of it. I have been through, I mean, it's this has been going on so long that it was actually a thing where I'm like, Tom Hanks used to not be too old to play Reed Richards in the MCU. Like Tom Hanks would have been a great one. Or then, you know, you move on through other lists. Adam Scott, which Madam Webb aside, don't hold that against him. Adam Scott is amazing. And no, I haven't actually seen Adam we uh, Madam Webb yet, but I see where the reviews are at. Adam Scott is somebody that I like for this role. Bill Hader, Yahya Abdul-Mateen uh, uh, II, John David Washington. There are a lot of other actors. And of course, Adam Driver as a popular choice and one that was rumored last year. And maybe even, depending on what rumors reports you believe, maybe even turned down the role. Pedro Pascal is a better choice for this role than Adam Driver because he's doing more things. And he's obviously a much better, uh, Pedro Pascal is obviously a much better choice than John Krasinski and what he brought to this character or didn't bring to the character in Multiverse of Madness. I think they have the the absolute best choice that I have heard for Reed Richards that I wish I could say that I had thought of in all the time that I've been dreaming about who should play Reed Richards. Marvel went and found a better choice. Yeah, and I think and, and when I say, when I, when I talk about like his looks and things like that, I, I just want to preface it that I think you have to get the general audience to believe into this character, but I think that's just, it's just the initial, right? It's just the surface level stuff. But what really, but, but also Pedro Pascal is going to bring everything that you said to that character. Now, I think he's pitch perfect for this modern day MCU and what we're doing. I think he's, because the other thing is his age range is a little bit older than um, Kirby, which I'll get to her in a second. I do think it's, I do like the fact they're playing him older. And I want to make it also note, this is not guarantee it, but this was really quickly. This also, if they're going to tie him and Dr. Doom together, which I think they should, and I think that'd be foolish not to, it also shows you probably the age range, what they're going to cast Dr. Doom around that, around that age. And that doesn't have to be, you know, one for one, but he has to be a little bit older, not like, you know, young 25, 30 year old. It's going to have to be in an age range of 40 to 50 ish, you know, late thirties or early forties at least at the very earliest. So, 
Um, so that's my segue to uh, Vanessa Kirby. Yeah. Who and, I, uh, I, and Pedro Pascal is only a year older than Killian Murphy, who would be amazing as Doctor Who. Ooh, please make it happen. Um, that's the rumor, and that's what I'm. I'm praying. I'll, I'll sacrifice whatever I have to do over here to make that happen. Um, obviously not. But anyway, Vanessa Kirby. I just want to say that I I I don't watch as many things as I need to as I used to, and I need to. I just life is too crazy. I did happen to. I didn't even realize this was her, Sean. But I did happen to watch Napoleon recently, mm. and um, and I had no idea. So my, my daughter is going nuts upstairs. Um, I had no idea that was her, and so um, I'm like, okay, Vanessa Kirby. I've heard her, I've heard her name. I've seen her a little bit. Like, where? What have I seen her in? I'm like, I probably haven't seen her in anything. I looked and went, oh, sh, she's Napoleon's girl. Mm. I loved her. She was fantastic. And so I'm like, hell yeah. We got a legitimate great actress as, as freaking Sue Storm. Finally. Or Sue Richards. Whichever one. Or hyphenated. I don't care. Um, and I'm like, this is the first time we're going to get a legit invisible girl, woman, whatever. Like, I mean, no disrespect to Kate Mara. She's she's fine. That movie is, a, you know, it has its own thing. She's fine in that movie. But, like, you know, I just, I think she is going to be a pivotal piece for this movie to work in my opinion, because I think in order for Reed to, to, to matter, you have to have, you know, their relationship work and Sue has to be a, a really strong, um, character to really make that, like to really have the heartbeat of that. Cause she's essentially the, 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 the backbone of that, of that team. And I'll get to my, my other points in a second with the other characters, but she has, you have to have a real strong actress to really be the backbone of that, of, of that, um, at least for me, as, as, as no, for absolutely. Storm. everybody has to be really good individually. Like all of these roles are, are critical sure. in an individual right. basis, but then collectively, like, I think that's also where that's the other stuff that we just don't know. Like when you're talking about an ensemble piece, you're talking about a team, you have screen tests to see how well the actors also played with one another. And these are all the things that we just are not privy to as fans. So when there are, you know, if there are questions about these choices, I don't have questions about any of these choices. I think they all work really well. But if you have some questions about it, just, yeah, it's also, you just understand that you don't have all the information. And, and I think that, and that happens all the time with these roles. And, and obviously look, one thing that Marvel has been consistently good at is casting. Even if, we want to sit there and say maybe not every show has been as great as we would like it to be or not every movie. We're not really seeing huge misses when it comes to casting in terms of how these uh, actors ultimately portray these characters on screen. That's where they have historically just nailed it. And I, I think that, you know, transitioning to because I totally agree with everything you're saying about Vanessa Kirby and, and what she can bring to the role of Sue Storm and, and how critical that is to the success of this story. But then with Ben Grimm, as I said, with Evan Moss Backrack, he is he is absolutely incredible. The the depth that he can bring to it, because, again, that's the other part about the thing is like, yes, he's surly and he's sarcastic and he's grumpy and all of these things. But there is in the same way that like Reed Richards has this kind of inherent warmth, right? Well, what Ben Grimm has, because he's the guy who really more wears more of his emotions on his sleeve except for the one that he doesn't always show. And that's kind of the inherent sadness to 
Ben Grimm, you know, the haunting of that monster of Ben Grimm, because he doesn't get to be like Bruce Banner and go back to being Bruce like pre Smart Hulk and all that stuff. He just he is the ever loving blue eyed thing. He is the rock monster this uh, this entire time. And to have the the sadness within him, but then also be the person that he is for his friends, his family, his team. You know, it's a lot of different things having to come through all at once. And I think Eben Moss Backrack, even with, a, you know, a, a huge digital overlay that he, of course, is going to have with performance capture and the whole thing. I think the soul of Ben Grimm is going to come through in the voice and as much as of Eben Moss Backrack's eyes as they can uh, keep in there for the thing. I think they're really going to have uh, really going to have something special there. And then Joseph Quinn, I mean, I'm not as familiar with it. I mean, I know he's done lots of different stuff, but Obviously, the biggest standout thing is Eddie Munson in Stranger Things, but he was so good at that. Like, he just steps onto a show that already has an ensemble cast and he that people love and, and have been fans of for years. And he was instantly a hit, instantly a star as a, a new member of the group in Stranger Things and just felt right at home. That is so hard to do, and, and yet he did it right away. So if he was able to stand out in that way and, and be such an incredible player in an ensemble that was already off and running before he got there. Imagine what he can do when he's part of it from the very beginning as he'll get to be with Fantastic Four. I mean, Paul, I, I really could not be any more excited about this cast. I, I, I obviously I know Backrack from Punisher when he was microchip. Um, I that's thought he right. did. That's right. And he and he was very good in that. I thought he was, you know, he was he did his job well. Um, I know I haven't seen the bear. I'm sorry. Life is too crazy. I just don't have enough time to watch everything. Um, and I'll just I've make it an assignment then. Cause you, you need to watch the bear. All right. Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll do that for, for pre when we, the movie comes out. I, but the thing is I've heard, I didn't know he was in it to be honest. Um, I, or maybe I did, I forgot, but, uh, what I do remember him seeing him, he was in something else besides that recently too. No, he's in Andor. Bear. No, Andor. I, I was getting to Andor, but like there was something else besides the bear and Andor that he was mm. in. I forgot what it was, but he got some notoriety, but maybe it was the bear. But either way, his little short time on Andor really, to me, again, I haven't seen the bear, so I can't speak for that. I can tell you, I see where the, where they're going with the, with, 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 uh, with the thing and his performance because his, his performance in Andor is kind of a little bit, a little bit of Ben Grimm because he's, he betrays the team and um, spoiler alert for Andor people. If you haven't watched yet, come on, bro. Um, the thing with, with the thing though, with, with that, with his characterization of that, of that character, Ben, he betrays a team in, in the first Fantastic Four movie, you know, that happens. Ugh, that movie is so ridiculous. Um, but the thing is, no pun intended. When I say that, it's really hard. There, that's an important aspect of the character because there is the sense of portrayal on, you know, of, of mistrust with, with Reed, that there's these best friends and how like he's a little bit, um, he's always looked up to Reed. Like he's never measured up to the level because he's obviously breeds brilliant and he's going to be in Reed's shadow forever. And now he's a monster because of his best friend, the person he's in a shadow of for so long, you know? And, and he, again, like, you know, you can you can you can always accept when people are, are more successful than you, especially if you're close with them. And it's, it does like weigh on you a little bit. But when you add in like the, you are, they are the, the literally the reason you look like a monster 
part of it. And it you're the only one on the team who like, doesn't. Yeah, you're the only one on the team who can't go back to looking like you did beforehand. Exactly. Right? Everybody else and, can reset and, and I, except him. Right. And, and I don't think they're going to hit that again, to be honest. But I think there's. But here's what I'm saying. You have to go in there sometimes to really get that drama and and have that and put it in the team. Because I think it's going to be there. It's not going to be a, a, a plot point, but it's going to be there. And they're going to push it to really emphasize. And I think seeing that character and how you could, there's a, there's a tension the entire time that he's playing, that he's, you know, doing this. Um, it's really crazy how it's, how he's able, he's able to give us a sense of like uneasiness the entire time. And I think that's where I'm really looking forward to having that portrayed. Obviously in CGI, it's going to be there. And I think it's really, really going to be cool to see that in the in the in the movie because that's Ben Grimm to me. He's the whole time he's sitting there. He's a powder keg, waiting, ready to explode. And that to me, you know, he's ever a love and blue eyed thing, but he's also that. Like in those early issues of Fantastic Four, he's just you know he's basically yeah. going on rampages against Reed all the time. And I think that's important to really emphasize in the in the movie that. Yeah, he's Reed's best friend, and the reason they fight so much is because when you're family, you you resent people for things they've done to you, whether they they did it intentionally or not, or purposely or not. And I think that is kind of a metaphor for that, like that all those things are a metaphor for that. You know, where you literally turn me into a monster, Reed. I resent you still, even though I love you and I've forgiven you. I still have this resentment for you, and that's always going to be there because of that. I think. It's there in his performances, and and as far as um, the guy, I forgot his name, playing Reed Munson is Munson. Or yeah, Joseph I, he Quinn. Played Mary, Eddie, Eddie Munson, Munson is the okay. character on Stranger Quinn. Things. Joseph Quinn yeah, is the actor. Eddie Munson, Eddie Munster. I hope oh, you're so clever, Stranger Things. Um, so I, I, I haven't finished that season, and not because it wasn't, it's not good. I just again busy. I, I loved his portrayal as Eddie, and the, the you, you talk about the it factor, right? It's I mean, there. From the and second he showed Eddie, up, he instantly became my favorite character on the show. He he took control. He takes control immediately as soon as he steps on that screen and uh, takes control of the whole show and takes it over. And I think you have you absolutely have to have that as Johnny Storm. And I'd argue, even though I think that Chris Evans did a great job as Johnny Storm, he doesn't have that, I think, for Johnny Storm. He has an it factor but it's not quite what I thought it was. It's close. It's not bad, but I think he has the scene that the potential of this Eddie of, a, of an outcast, you put him as a pretty boy and a guy is out there like trying to like impress everyone. Uh, this guy's going to kill Johnny storm, I think. And seeing Backrack and Quinn go at it, it's going to be, it's going to be intense, bro. I'm telling you, it's going to be intense. I can't wait to it. I think this is a home run cast. I think you talk about momentum from Deadpool. This to me was another hit home run. I've seen people try to poo poo this. I'm like, no, no, you, to me, this is it. Like this is a home run cast altogether. Yeah. I am so on board with this cast. I, I think it is just so spot on for all four of these parts, just outstanding job. And, and I can't wait to see what this team can do. And, and as far as what they're going to do, where slash when they're going to be from 
That is something we will discuss over on Fan Show Plus. So make sure you check out patreon.com slash Sean Gerber or on Apple Podcasts via Apple Podcast subscriptions. We'll have a Fan Show Plus episode coming up where we will talk even more about what we are starting to learn slash speculate about FF based on the artwork that was shared as part of this official cast announcement. And we will also be talking about the X-Men 97 trailer but I am so excited about this cast. I cannot wait to see them on July 25th, 2025. A great way for Marvel to tell us that, hey, you're going to have to wait a couple extra months, almost three extra months to see this movie. In exchange for that, we will finally give you the cast. I will take that trade, especially how uh, you know the trade is re- really just a swap of dates because now we're seeing Thunderbolts on May 2nd of 2025. I love how in about less than a week's time, Thunderbolts went from, oh, it's not happening anymore because Bob Iger forgot to mention it on a conference call to, oh, no, it's still happening. And actually, we're going to see it uh, earlier than we thought we were going to. So good news for Thunderbolts as well. Um, But even better news to have this cast for Fantastic Four. And then obviously the Deadpool and Wolverine teaser. Some nice uh, Mary Marvel momentum uh, really going in this uh, in this month of uh, February, coming off of the NFL season. But uh, for Marvel fandom, it was a really, really good week. And we will continue sharing the joy of that week over on Fan Show Plus. But that is it for this episode of MCU Fan Show. Make sure you continue to follow us in the places you can at MCU Fan Show on Instagram, Threads, and X, formerly Twitter. Please remember to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts if you have not done so already. If you have or you are about to, thank you very much for that. Paul, where can they find you? Find me on uh, X, formerly Twitter, at Herman22. A P-Thug, please go hop over to the Comic Binge YouTube channel. Hit subscribe. Select the like button for a couple of those videos. I think you'll be interested in those videos because we uh, recently just did a, a Madam Web comic kind of primer. And uh, we'll be doing a Madam Deb, Madam Deb, Madam Web movie review next week i saw madam webb a couple days ago and it'll it'll be interesting i'll just say that so go check us out there and i appreciate everyone who already has and you can follow me on instagram threads and x formerly twitter at mr sean gerber so for paul i'm sean thanks for listening we'll see you next time